Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. And the great disturbance in the Force. A Utini production. Hope we don't have a burnout. Episode 22, Conversations with Friends of the Force. Oh, it's beautiful. In this episode, the Utini team talks with special guest Brad Whipple from Friends of the Force Podcast. I feel the Force. Also, we play Rate the Star Wars Relationship. What do you think? Do you think a princess and a guy like me? No. And now, here are your hosts. I am the Senate. Dr. Corey Hilton, Eric Eilerson, and Dr. Charles Hankel. So it's just kind of like reshoots. It's like when JJ is going back and the whole internet's freaking out. <laughs> but it's actually going to make it better. It is like reshoots. <laughs> this is yeah, our Rogue um, One movie. I, read, I saw this week... It is. I saw this week that they're doing some reshoots of Rise of Skywalker, maybe? It seems yeah. crazy. It seems super late, but... I don't know. I mean, I feel like people freak out about reshoots all the time. They're like, oh my god, does that mean the movie isn't a thing? And it's like, no, they were probably <laughs> editing, and they found that in one shot, a guy was too far left. Like, it's not <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. You know? Unless it's Rogue One, where it's like, no, they changed literally the entire movie. Did they, though? Yeah, I mean, remember in the trailer? Yeah. They had Jin and Cassian running on the beach with the plans in hand. Like, I want to know what that ending was. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And, like, the infamous trailer shot of the TIE, of fighter. The, uh, tie fighter. Yeah, yeah. with Which, Jin up on the like, walkway. Fine. That didn't make any sense either. Why would a TIE fighter pilot just, like, stop what he's doing to go and hover and look at, like, in the middle of dogfighting all around? Because it looks cool, Corey. That's why. <laughs> well, here's the Dumb. question, guys. I am... If you if you were offered a special edition Rogue One DVD or Blu-ray and they said, hey, it has the original cut on it and bonus features, how much would you pay for that? What's like the top dollar you would pay to be like, no, here's the original ending of Rogue One. It's the only is place it, you can Is get it, it only for me? Is it only for no, me? No, no, it's like, no, it's like they're, it? they're wide releasing it. But like Okay. It, I would I would probably sell like a non-vital organ. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, okay. I don't I don't know that I don't I don't know that I would do that. I mean, it depends. Like if this was like a if this was like a you know, my buddy KK calls me up and's like, Hey, this is only for you, no one else can see it, how much will you pay for it? I don't know. Thousand dollars maybe? Yeah. Alright, that's fair. Maybe two two or three thousand dollars maybe? Like I can't disseminate it. No one else is allowed to see it except for I show it to my closest friends. Yeah. Maybe two two thousand. My wife would kill me <laughs> if I spent even See, Even inkling of that, but still, man, I was thinking so. I was thinking like Best Buy only has it for like a yeah. week, and it's like it's seventy dollars for like a Blu-ray steel box or something like that. Ray agrees with us, um, yeah, apparently. <laughs> uh, apparently, so I my might, dog Ray, everyone. Yeah, so I might pay seventy dollars for that. But you know what? I wouldn't pay seventy dollars for. My tricks gonna work on me. Only money. Episode twenty-two of the Living <laughs> Force podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, <laughs> to our latest episode of this fantastic hour of talking. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and with me, as always, fresh off, like, days off and healthy sleep are the doctors. First of all, Dr. Corey Helton, welcome. The doctors. Welcome to me. Yes, indeed. That is what I said. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, maybe you should stay up a little later. I <laughs> I am the Senate. And also Dr. Charles Hankel. Welcome hey, to you. I would also like to welcome Corey because he's clearly the most important person here. Oh my god. <laughs> How much rum is in this drink? <laughs> and staring off in abject horror at the mistake he has made is 
the friend of the Forest Podcast host himself, Brad Whipple. Welcome, my Hello. friend. Hello. <laughs> oh, you know, it hasn't God. been a friend of the Forest today is my goddamn computer. Uh, but we got through it. And, uh, you know, yep. I'm, I'm happy okay. to be here. Happy that the, the waves on the Audacity are going up and down. It means it's getting recorded. That's great. Um, things are going well, though. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Brad, you know, it really was our fault because we didn't tell you what happens when you mention the novel Queen's Shadow <laughs> on The Living Force. <laughs> um, everything just shuts down yeah, and they- we lose it all. Technology loses it. But we are so glad to have you. Everyone, if you're listening to this episode, honestly, when you clicked on it, you saw that the title of the episode is like Friends of the Forest Collaboration, so this is not a surprise. But if you haven't been listening to Friends of the Forest, which is Brad's podcast, you gotta fix that, because it is an incredible show. Brad has a ton of awesome guests, and just promotes all the positivity that we try to strive for here in The Living Forest, all throughout the Star Wars fandom, and we are going to get into all about that. Yes, I'm very excited. Ugh. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be great, man. Again, this is our... And I swear, it our, really is me. You know, this is not a deep fake voice. This is truly me on the podcast. I was worried. <laughs> I was worried, you know, because, you know, those deep fakes in the Star Wars podcasting community are just spreading like wildfire. I know. I mean, <laughs> not everyone can book Harrison Ford. We can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, mm. But for our listeners... Uh, as I said, if you don't know Brad, I want to list a few guests, Brad, that you have had on Friends of the Forest. Sure. Because Friends of the Forest, how, how would you pitch Friends of the Forest before I go through this amazing list? What, what is that show? Uh, so I would pitch Friends of the Force. Uh, it's, it's a Star Wars talk show. So it, it is podcast. It is a, you know, it's on Google, Apple, all that stuff. But it's more of like a talk show. So if I had like a TBS show for an hour, that's what it would be. I would have guests come on talk about a topic, uh, interview them, that sort of thing. So we have two shoe, two shoe, uh, two shoes. I do have two shoes on, but two shows <laughs> every week. Uh, one of which on Monday is the main show where we dive into a topic. And then Thursday is entirely about the guests themselves. So I interview them about their Star Wars experience, uh, how it's affected their lives on a personal level. So we're not just talking about, you know, speculation and like hot topics and Star Wars. It's like, what does it mean to you? And let's dive into that. That's the important part. So, yeah, yeah. I absolutely yeah. love that. I love it, man. Yeah, that, that's so. That's the from a certain point of view series. And I was lucky enough to be yeah. on that show with you a couple yeah, weeks you ago. Were. And man, that was it was so much fun. Yeah, because yeah, like you're saying, you kind of just let the the guests kind of drive what their journey was. And I, I mean, I discovered stuff about my Star Wars past I hadn't even thought about as we were talking yeah so that was it was so much fun it was super intimate too in a way that was super welcoming and you really get to learn a lot about the people in the star wars community through that show yeah and what's nice what i like doing about it is it i think it differentiates a little bit from most star wars interview podcasts i feel like a lot of them tend to just say like hey let's talk about Raylo or let's talk about like mm-hmm. x y and z in star wars but this is more of like like, how has Star Wars shaped your career in acting or, like, career in writing? Mm-hmm. And, like, let's dive into that. So it's a little different. Um, it's more intimate, as you said, which is what I'm kind of going for. Yeah. And you've had some amazing guests on there, man. Like, so just to list a few, because I did go through your feed. I've written some down. <laughs> you have had, to name a couple, the Sky Talkers, most recently, which was a fantastic episode. Yeah, they were fun. People from, yeah, the host from Girls with Sabres. The hoes from Scarif Scuttlebutt, the guys from Bombad Cast, our friends from Force Toast, um, the hosts of Geeky Bubble and Wookie Gunner, Lipstick and Lightsabers, Postcards from the Galaxy's Edge, Around the Galaxy, 
and a great voice in the Star Wars Twitter community, Alderanian Rose, who was on the Alphabet Squadron with me, yeah. uh, episode with me that we did, and more. Like, Thanks for not naming Eric Eilerson <laughs> in that list. And illustrious Living Force <laughs> podcast host, Eugenie content manager, editor-in-chief, review writer extraordinaire Eric Eilerson was also on the show. So is that all on your business card, or just some of it? It's very small writing, Charles. No, it okay. just his it, in in just very large text right under his name. It just says <laughs> douchebag. Yeah, um, I actually when you meet. I me. actually got a hit on that show for copyright infringement because um, they, somebody noticed that he were a Michigan State graduate, so they just told me I had to take it down. So I might be deleting it soon. Oh. Because it was too impressive? Was that it? No. Was that it? Was, it? Because Michigan State no. is it's just too embarrassing. You could, if you it's could call a field goal and a touchdown against Arizona State impressive, then sure. So here's the thing, listeners. Here's <laughs> what you might not know. So Brad went to the University of Michigan, which is a college in Michigan. I it's a four-year went to college Michigan too. State University. Yep, yep, yep. Great. Awesome. Uh, I went to Michigan State University, who is the hated rival of that school, and... If you've listened to uh, me and Brad's show, we like to rip, rip on each other about the schools. It is college football season right now, so I do enjoy every Saturday DMing with Brad about our respective woes yeah. as both of our teams kind of make it through. <laughs> it's been a weird year for college football. Sorry, this is the sports section of this podcast. I swear we'll <laughs> Star Wars in a second, guys. <laughs> but yesterday, as Brad just alluded to, was an especially terrible day for Michigan State football as we're recording. We got beaten by Arizona State. And we deserved it, and we were terrible, and Brad was there to just look at me as I cried and just laugh at my tears. I'm just, I'm just glad to have somebody else on the show to put Eric in his place. <laughs> if you, if you can think power. of what happened to Michigan State, just to bring it back to Star Wars, think of when the Death Star fired on Scarif and just completely demolished the top of the, the radio tower with Krennic on it, and Krennic is Michigan State, so... Yeah. Yep. And we're just watching. Like you know what's happening, and you're like, no, no, no. I did everything right. This shouldn't be happening to me. And yet you're watching your death approach. <laughs> like that. That's what happened. Uh, but yeah. But aside from the collegiate rivalry aspects of our friendship, Brad, as we've said, is a huge force of positivity in Star Wars. And last episode, listeners, you may remember me and Corey and Charles. We talked a bit about positivity in this fandom because it's been a bit of an issue lately. It's been kind of a problem with people harassing people online if you want to hear our in-depth thoughts about all that check out our last episode on this feed we talked a lot about mar and about her issues and about people kind of grandstanding and gatekeeping but brad i wanted to throw this to you real quick because you really do advocate both on twitter and in your show about positivity kind of above all and i find that super admirable and super endearing and i kind of just want to give you the floor to ask you why is that so important because it kind of does seem like the foundation on which friends of the force is built is positivity and that seems natural but i think you could go in areas like asking people about Mm -hmm. controversy and asking people about okay what do you not like about star wars though let's like why do you continuously stride for that positive angle yeah so i i mean i got into the podcasting once i got into star wars celebration in chicago and i realized like wow all the hate that i had heard about like post last jedi was like not really it was just kind of like in an echo chamber it wasn't real almost um Mm -hmm. and i realized that there were a lot of positive voices out there and i just wanted to create a place basically where we could bring those people together so like whether you're a listener or just a star wars fan or you're a fan of the show or a fan of other people's podcasts that are coming on my show like it can be one single place 
that we can kind of all come together. And, you know, it's, like you said, you know, Star Wars is something you have to look at and say, you know, there are things you might not like about Star Wars, but the important thing is that you treat people with respect, however you're phrasing what you don't like, uh, and then you're not gatekeeping, and then you're not advocating against things like inclusion and diversity and all that. So that's the kind of stuff we really strive for on the show is to just gush about Star Wars. Life's too short to be negative and complain about things. And um, sure, is Canto Bite not my favorite thing? No, but there's a lot of good things to pull from it. And that's what I like to bring people on about and like get new perspectives and um, you know maybe change people's minds who didn't like The Last Jedi. I love The Last Jedi and I'll take that to my grave. But um, you know, I just it, I think it's important to to make sure that we're being positive and um, creating a environment where people can go to to get away from the hate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Brad, I have a question on the back of that that's not in Eric's uh, in his little outline for the episode. But oh man, going rogue people, on me! All right, let's see I'm what going happens. rogue already, man. We're like seven minutes into this. <laughs> um, but you know, there's this popular term, right? That people are like who are positive about everything that's coming out right now are Disney shills, right? right? <laughs> I'm um, one of them, and and obviously we I'm a shill, yeah. But we shill here, yep. We do. We joke about this, but I want to hear, I guess, your your honest thoughts on what do you think when people equate like just wanting to stay positive about everything that's coming out to being a mm-hmm. Disney shill? Like, what what is your typical rebuttal, or what? Are yeah, your thoughts I on see that? that so much, and I actually saw a tweet from somebody in the, in the community who I, I thought was kind of more on the positive side of things, but I'd seen it and I was like, wow. And they were saying, you know, they, they mentioned the phrase mindlessly loving content or something. And to me, that was like kind of a subtweet to say, if you like the sequel trilogy, you mindlessly love anything that Disney puts out that it seemed it, like a, sub-tweet. it always is. No, no, yeah. No one, no one's subtweeting that about the OT, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I and you, it's like yes, so. You know, people say like, "Oh, the original trilogy, you just can't beat it." That's also kind of mindlessly loving that in a way. If you're, you know, just to play devil's advocate. So, I think the whole concept of like, you know, if you're positive and you're trying to find the good in things, you're a shill. I definitely don't agree with that at all. Um, I just think that speaks to people's character to say, you know, yeah, sure, there might not be like everything's not like perfect in star Wars, but to just find the places that are positive and make you happy and make you love star Wars even more and celebrate that stuff. I think that's important. And yeah, I think, um, the, <laughs> the Disney show thing in particular really bugs me. Um, in the whole mindlessly loving yeah. Yeah. content, like anything that gets thrown at you, just mindlessly love it. It's like, eh, that's not true. I just want to be happy. I just want to enjoy it. Right. And I think it's, it's so funny where, people will will mock people for things that make them happy you know like even going all the way back to the 80s where people were like oh you wanna, you you like the ewoks like really <laughs> and the the line i always love is you only like it because they they make toys out of it and i said wait so i can buy something physically put it in my home and it will bring me joy whenever i see it and you will mock me yeah. yeah, like just, it's my house. Oh, like, like this, I just don't understand. It makes no I don't sense. Understand. There, there's. I just don't understand what people are seeking when they do this. Like, what is the psychological phenomenon behind gatekeeping? Is it, is it because it makes people feel big and powerful and like they know something that everybody else doesn't know? I mean, is it as simple as that? Because that's so stupid. I, I, I yeah. honestly I like mean, maybe. I, 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 on like a deeper level. I really do think it boils down to a lot of the like worst parts of like society, like racism and 
misogyny and, mm-hmm. and homophobia. Like, I think it really does boil down to, like, a lot of those, a lot of people who have some of those qualities, and then they portray that onto Star Wars and say, no, it needs to be, like, this and that, and, you know, so Disney's social justice warrior, like, all that stuff. Um, and they, they project it on this film, and then they try to gatekeep because of it. So it's it's kind of like those people almost bring their own, like, political or social views in the Star Wars. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know that I can I don't know that I can comfortably say that like everybody that has a negative opinion no, yeah. falls into one of those categories. No, no, yeah, because, I don't mean like, that. At the at the same time, I think it's just I think you hit the hit the nail on the head though when you said like we're bringing out the worst part of society because like there's just something inherently human I think about this weird hierarchy of knowledge and power and mm-hmm. I just don't under, I don't understand though still like why you can say that you're as passionate as we are about Star Wars and like like certain aspects and it's wrong to like other aspects when like like if you identify as a Star Wars fan you're already in the in the category I don't understand right. what what you have <laughs> yeah. to gain by saying that like yeah well this little tiny fragment over here this is crap and we all have to universally agree that it's crap otherwise you're not a real fan I just don't right. why yeah. just... it's every everyone that draws these lines in the sand that aren't even there and we all hate sand anyways <laughs> right so like of course and it's irritating I've been, it's I've been using I've been using the phrase the hill you die on a lot lately I love <laughs> yeah. that phrase or stand I really I like that phrase because yeah it's just like Fun. why like why do you want to why is this the hill you want to die on like this is the thing you're going to draw the line in the sand on it's like the Ewoks or it's the Raylos or it's some st- oh, Ben's lightsaber. When everybody was mad about Ben's lightsaber back in the day, yeah, like, the crossbar wouldn't work. Like I just, I oh, mean, people geez, people just... were also mad that John Boyega was a black stormtrooper. Like that happened, right? Know? Right. And yeah. again, that's right. that's kind of why I brought up the like the racism thing. I'm not saying like everybody mm-hmm. who is negative, and that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Like I don't, it's not. I think everybody who doesn't like the sequel trilogy or whatever is one of those categories. But you see, like the most hateful people. S- yes, often do absolutely. fit into that like especially people who like attack Raylos or attack women in fandom if you're attacking a woman in 100%. fandom i'm sorry you're a misogynist like that's just a fact yes yeah. you're a piece of shit like i will say that like that's just like there's no yes. if, ands or buts um i 100 yeah and, like agree. how did like like let's see kelly marie tran got bullied off of everything but somehow like other people didn't. Hmm. Yikes. What is what different is about, about Kelly Marie Tran? <laughs> hmm. It's because she's what short, it Eric. Be? Everybody hates ah, short yes, people. Right. You know that. No, well, I totally, I, am... I totally agree. And and the yeah. big, the sort of, I'm really glad that Disney has not really bowed to that demand at all yeah. either. And I'm really glad that Disney is such a forward-thinking company because yes. The women that we've gotten in Star Wars have been amazing, mm-hmm. right? And that's why my yes. wa- that's why my wife watches Star Wars with me and really likes yeah. it, right? Is is Absolutely. one of the many reasons is because she can identify with it more so than she used to could. And you know, Carrie Fisher is an amazing person and an amazing human being, and and mm-hmm. did an amazing job in in Star Wars. But even she talked about how how sexist it was back in the day. Like, yeah. like you've got have you guys ever listened to the roast of George Lucas? That, yes, that she did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's really great. I mean, she calls him out for like, like what? Do they not have bras in space or something? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I have yeah. to. Yeah, so it's just Couldn't like, wear underwear and all that stuff. We're in a new place, and you know, I, I know that we just we've kind of talked about this a lot on the show, and we've kind of gotten some heat on Twitter and stuff. I think about like talking about like our political thoughts. I don't, I don't even think we're being political at no. this point. I mean, we're just. I mean, no. honestly, the UT that, that's team. A, that's a word to use when you when you're be, when you're being called out for your behavior and you don't want to be. 
You just call it over politicizing. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like so, and like right. not being a gatekeeper like that's none of this is like a political issue. It's like just be a human being no. and be nice and don't like, you know, attack other groups of people because they are a certain right. way. Like Right. Or a certain yep. gender yep. or a certain right. you know yeah. so like Anything. That's really the end of the day. It's not a, politi- it's a, a political. It's a humanism price. issue. You can you yeah. can be yeah. a conservative, a moderate, libertarian, any of those things yeah. without being a jerk. Yeah, exactly. Because like, exactly. I have plenty of friends, myself included, most of the time that sort of falls under that category. I think, and it's just it's I don't understand human. why Star Wars fans can be douchey. But yeah, I appreciate. Tell you what, I am gonna say. They don't deserve any more of our airtime on this podcast. I am glad we're all on the same page. We and are. I love what we're all trying to do. Brad, I love what you're trying Thanks. to do. And now I am going to take my executive power Uh-oh. and shift this narrative of this podcast away from these assholes over to some really cool positivity questions. Now, Brad, question for you because you're the guest and you're going to be in the hot seat oh, all boy. day. Oh, boy. I'm going to ask you a question because <laughs> I, I so you're, you're a relatively – you absolutely not. Not there's no constitution here, my friend. Corey is the Senate, as he said. Um, now, you, now you said that, um, or sorry, I just gonna say you're pretty new as, in the podcasting scene as we are. Like we kind of came the post celebration wave of people that hit that positivity. Corey's talked about it a bunch on this podcast as well. So, as kind of a relatively new podcaster, how has Friends of the Forest changed your day to day life? What has it added to it, and what has it changed about the way you look at Star Wars? So, I mean, day-to-day life, um, podcasting is no joke. Like, I, I, when I first started, I was like, oh, this will be, like, a fun thing to do on a Monday night. <laughs> we should print that on t-shirts, Brad, and sell it. Podcasting ain't no joke. <laughs> Little did I know I would be thinking about it in the waking hours of work and on my lunch break. As soon as I get home, I'm, you know, making new art for the podcast, like for the title cards and everything and, and like recording episodes and editing episodes and like every episode I listen to, I have to listen to the full thing to edit it, plus all the pausing and the splicing and everything. So it, it's definitely a time commitment. It is like a part-time job, but it's, it's been amazing mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of things, being in fandom is really nice because you, you start to kind of grasp a lot of different communities in fandom, like Raylo community. I didn't really know there was like a Raylo community until I started doing this, but like I definitely yeah, was no a Raylo. I just didn't really like know that was a, a label for it. Um, so starting to mm-hmm. get more into that and like seeing how people appreciate Star Wars in so many different ways, it like helped to, you know, parts of the movies I didn't think um, had like a ton of value. I'm like, wow, that's like really cool now that I think about it in that way. So just getting to talk yeah, to other yeah, people absolutely. and like get their opinion on it. And that that really does help shape how you. It, it shapes how how you might look uh, look differently at Star Wars, like moving forward, and just gets me even more excited for the Rise of Skywalker yeah. because um, the conversation for me just wasn't oh, there God. in my daily life before. I didn't know enough Star Wars fans um, to chat with, and now it's like mm-hmm. constantly chatting about it on Twitter yeah. threads and DMs and everything. Yeah, there's just there's yeah. so there are so many perspectives yeah. on it. Like it's just amazing. Like it's it's easy to say that it's just a group of films but there's just so many various various lenses in which to look through to like get something else out of it i love that mm-hmm. about the star wars community yeah everybody can yeah. see something that i can't see and it's amazing yeah yeah no question i think because that's one of the cool things about you know like i know Corey, you and me especially are from really small towns 
and then you go off to college and you meet people that you've never thought about. Like, yeah. whoa, you're from where? You think what? And it, and it kind of blows up in your mind. And Star Wars Twitter and Star Wars podcasting, I think, has done that for so many people. Of like, I've talked about Star Wars with my friends from like high school and college now and then. But being in this broader universe, thing, Brad, you nailed it. It's it's learning about oh, this is important to you. So now when I rewatch these movies, I see someone else's point of view, and it pops out to me, and I'm like, oh yeah. god, no, I love this. You're so right. I never thought about this, and our our mutual enjoyment just gets to grow and grow and grow, and it's so cool. Yeah, and if you. If you kind of yeah. subject yourself just to, like, your local community, even talking about Star Wars with your friends, you're not going to, like, expand the way you think about it. Because, yeah, they are just movies right. at the end of the day. But, like, wouldn't it be so much more exciting if you took the movie that you really like and just explored it on a really, really analytical, like, metaphysical yeah. level of, like, looking at themes and everything? Yeah. So, like, for instance, What totally. the Force is just a, an example of a show that I think of that does mm-hmm. a really great job of um, analyzing everything on a, on a more, like subcontext level you know you're not going to get that if you don't get into like the you might not get that kind of point of view if you don't start to explore different podcasts or different voices especially women in fandom especially um because they women always know everything as han solo would say or they always find the truth you know (laughs) like he's literally saying um (laughs) like go listen to their podcast i was i was actually i was actually gonna bring that up with with you brad is like i honestly think i've gotten more like analysis sort of stuff in the episodes that you have had like other lady podcasters on mm-hmm. or something like that. Like I just listened to your girls with sabers episode and man, they are so yeah, bright and like awesome the ass. stuff that they're talking about is so analytical and deep. Yeah. I was just like mind blown. Like I think it was that episode when you guys were talking about, um, you guys were talking about, uh, Anakin's, I think you asked them, I don't know if it was them or sky talkers when you ask, um, when do you think Anakin's fall was? Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember which which episode yeah, that, that was. Yeah, was with the girls with sabers. Okay, yeah, yeah, the girls with sabers. So I was I was outside working in my yard when I was listening to that, and and you you pointed out <laughs> that the first time you hear the Imperial March in the prequel trilogy is when Anakin, um, like like kills all the sand people and stuff. Like yeah. you guys were talking about, and you played the you played the little sound clip and stuff, and I was like, oh my god, I've never noticed that. This is yeah. the most mind-blowing thing ever. My wife was pulling in the driveway as I'm outside working in the yard. I'm like, Caitlin, get out of the car. You have to listen to this. <laughs> like, did you know that the first time you hear the Imperial March is when Anakin kills all those sand people? And she's like, what? It's crazy. Like, it was just, it was such a fun <laughs> moment. And like, that's that's yeah. what this whole community thing is all about is like, everybody notices something that you didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah. And if we don't talk about it, there's no way to learn that. Yeah. And it's, it's just it's just amazing to me that Star Wars has so many infinite numbers of perspectives and everyone has something interesting to add. And it's a global community too. So like even outside the United States, like we've had we're having Blue Bantha Mill Company on the show tomorrow. The episode is going to be oh be fantastic. Yeah. So like the fact that you can talk to other people around the world about Star Wars, they're each going to have a different viewpoint just based on the culture that they live in and the you know mm-hmm. how their country operates. So. You know, it might not be the same yeah, in Australia and, and, as it is in the United States or in the Ukraine for sure. Aldrinian Rose. Like, that's a very specific yeah. point of view for, for Rose because a lot of people there don't know Star Wars. So for her to, like, see it through the eyes of um, the kids that she works with, that's, you know, she's learned yeah. a lot about Star Wars. So I wanted to bring her on the show and say, hey, like, what is it meant to you and your and the kids there? Because that's not something I can get, you know, down the ro- road in good old sunny upstate New York, <laughs> you know? Right, so, exactly, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so so much of this community is, especially for those of us that 
you know, were the primary demographic for years, which is, you know, white dudes in America. Yeah. Got it all. <laughs> like, I do the, fit the, that demographic. <laughs> that is correct. Right, like, the best thing we can do is sit back and listen to what it means. And we learn, we learn so much and we're so enriched by it. And I think that's, it's so cool for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. Now, a couple, one more quick thing I want to ask before we take our little break here. Brad, because we are, at the end of the day, 27 minutes in, we are a book podcast. <laughs> at the end of the day, listeners, I know, I know, we're bringing this on you. And Stop pouring you checks talk- mix on yeah. books. They're not bookmarks. <laughs> yeah, this whole meme, you guys seen this oh meme, my Corey God. Charles, that's been going around? Yeah. What? No, like, what are you talking about? People are, okay, so there's this <sighs> meme going around. Where people say, oh, use a bookmark? Why not try blank? And there's, like, these pictures of people putting checks Mix in books and Oreos in books. And because, <laughs> guys, a gallon of milk inside fire. a book. I'm like, what the heck? Because for the likes and the <laughs> oh gram or, like, Charles, this dab is on amazing them, like, I hate it. I hate all of it. I know, after what we talked yeah. about. Eric, so right, right, right before you and Brad popped in here, we were talking about uh, – we were talking about – Archex, the uh, the character from um, from, from Black Spire, Spire. Yeah. Dawson's Black Spire, and I couldn't remember his name, and I called him Chexmix. <laughs> and, and I was like, and then I started joking around and calling him like Archerios and just <laughs> any type of Chexmix in books. Oh my god, that's yeah. amazing. Um, and there was one too that just came from... out today, and it was somebody. It was a librarian, and they looked at a return book, uh, returned book, and there was literally a taco inside the middle of the book. I am not even kidding. I'm like, what is wrong with people? I How do you people. use a taco as a bookmark? People. I was like, what? Like a whole taco or just like, like a tortilla? Uh, no, why do you give a taco, taco like, back? Also, what? Just- Corey, a tortilla on its own is not acceptable either, to be clear. <laughs> Listen, after that scene. <laughs> why in- are you asking about the filling? <laughs> after that scene in Toy Story 3 when Mr. Potato Head was a tortilla, which is, by the way, the absolute best scene in that entire movie, I am convinced that a tortilla could be used for literally anything and or including a bookmark. Uh, okay, but don't, uh, listeners, don't use tortillas as bookmarks. And you know what? But if for, for some ungodly reason you do, tweet at us and show us your tortilla bookmarks at Living Force Pod. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Always got to get those social. Strangest tweet, tweet request ever. Yeah. Easily. But, Brad, aside from using food as bookmarks for some ungodly reason in this dumpster fire of a world we live in, <laughs> um, you, you and I were talking uh, through DM about some of your favorite books. But I'm going to ask you straight out in public, calling your shot. Uh-oh. What are some of your and your personal favorite Star Wars books? Maybe recently, especially now you you've been getting more of this perspective. Have you looked on certain books more favorably? Have you been drawn towards a certain kind of Star Wars book? Like, what's what's your reading life like? Um, I think what changed my outlook on Star Wars books was Alphabet Squadron because I think that book did a really good yeah! job. Actually. You guys are the same I'm, I'm convinced that Eric has planted you and that you guys are literally brothers and that this is all a damned lie and, and Charles and I are getting the bait and switch. All right. Guys, um, Next- Will Lark for life. Yeah, I'm just an Eric. Brad, Brad let me see Eric your clone. right forearm because if there's this an Eric- X-Wing tattoo, I'm leaving. Eric Schill, if you will. You're an Eric Schill. So yes, go yeah. on about the beauty of Alphabet Squadron, please, which is uh, on my shelf. Ten out of ten. Right above my... Yeah. I think that book did a really good job of actually developing characters. Not to say that other books other books haven't, but this one in particular mm-hmm. really struck a chord with me because of how slow of a burn it was, which 
I don't like the phrase slow burn, but it's the best way I can describe it. Because this book, for me, like, wasn't like, okay, when's it going to move forward? I never felt that way. I was like, wow, I really like getting invested in these characters because then the payoff once we get to book three in a couple years is going to be like really, really satisfying. Yeah. So totally. So I do excited. like the approach. Alpha numeric squadron. Yeah. Which I assume it's going to be the next one. <laughs> It'll be Alphabet Soup Squadron too. Uh, that's the second book actually. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's just them Perfect. eating soup for 400 pages and having really good character <laughs> development. I would still read it, but um, I'd read it. I would. I do, I, I, as much as I do love the one-offs, I'm a huge fan of, of trilogies right now in, in the Star Wars book universe, mm-hmm. especially looking at Delilah Dawson. I'm loving Black Spire mm-hmm. so far, and I really almost feel like this is going to be a trilogy for her. Like, she's got Captain Phasma. That story continues in the Black Spire, so it's like, what's going to be her next project? I could really see her wow. releasing a third book at some That's point. genius, man. So, I'm not even considering that. I love that. that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she's bringing her characters through these stories, I don't know like where we end up at the end of Black Spire, but you know, there's authors that are starting to prove themselves, and, and that really excites me. And even somebody like Zoraida Cordova... Yeah. Um, I know she wants to write a second Crash of Fate too. Like I, that's something that she would like to do. Um, it's just kind of up to Disney if they want to continue those kinds of storylines. Um, and I would be a huge fan of that, to be honest. So, um, could that be a Crash of Fanine? <laughs> Fanine? Because the Crash what? of Fate would that, would that be the ninth Crash book? of Nine? And then a Crash. What of are you 10. talking about? Are you having a stroke? I lost Eric? him. No, Fate sounds like eight. Corey. Mm. Are, are you did you like do a line of coke like before a minute ago? like what what are you talking about this is like the he Fine. he just did whatever it is that Sagarera does Worse. in rogue one yeah eric just Worse. starts shouting right, so fight. that inhaled deceptions <laughs> Bugle it. Bugle it. so fine that wouldn't work but i agree brad for what it's worth um yeah no i, I think that we're gonna get into a cool place of Star Wars series because we've talked on this podcast before about how a lot of the people love Legends for its long, super long stories, right? Like the X-Wing series is huge. New Jedi Order, Legacy of the Force. Like you get so many books in this long story. Mm-hmm. And we got Aftermath and we have the Promised Alphabet Squadron series. And like you were saying, I guess the Phasma, Black Spire, eh, sequel-ish thing. I mean, it's kind but of, I, I, I don't know, it's pretty sequel-ish, but anyway, continue, sorry. Okay, true. So, sorry, but yeah, I, I do think that post-Rise um, of Skywalker, we are going to be opened up for, okay, now we can kind of go crazy, because... Yeah. we'll see, we'll see. I, I'm still not convinced yeah. that they're actually going to do that. I know that's what everybody wants them to do, but... I like it, I don't, yeah. I don't know, and I also kind of find it hard to believe that, like, I know we don't do a lot of speculation, I find it hard to believe that Disney is, is actually done with the Skywalker saga, like, that they're not gonna, Ooh, okay. like, yeah. not necessarily continue it with episode, you know, like, 10, 11, 12, or anything like that, but, like, I mean, there's a lot of things that are still sort of highly related to the Skywalker saga that have not been tidied up yet, like the Thrawn, Ezra mm-hmm. stuff, like, I mean, all that stuff is very inherently tied into this, so... I I find it hard to believe that it's, that we're done with that totally, but I'm with you. I really hope that they open it up, and I'm also totally with you, Brad. Like that's one of the things we talked about fairly recently on the show. Um, is like in Legends, we got a lot of really great series and trilogies, and and that's mm-hmm. kind of missing a little bit from yeah. canon. Um, I think the I think some of the I even hate to use the word controversy, but some of the quote unquote controversy surrounding the alpha uh, the uh, the a- aftermath trilogy 
kind of made them sort of pull the strings on that a little bit. I, I really hope that 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 we get some more trilogy stuff. And if the if the Alphabet Squadron trilogy is as successful as I'm hoping it is, then I think we will get more continuous stories. A book released every year, the way they did films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and to give some love to the standalone books. I mean, the ones that have come out this year, like Master and Apprentice and Queen's Shadow and, and Crash of Fate. Like those are all mm-hmm. incredible books. So. Um, I just personally find a lot of potential in more trilogy-esque uh, series, but I'll take both gladly. Yeah. I will not turn down a new Star Wars book ever, honestly. <laughs> because I'm a shill. Yeah. I, I mindlessly love right all place. of the books, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> That's well, I, why we're here. Just literally yeah. plug the Star and, Wars cord into the back of my head, and I'll just sit there with the eyes going Shoot back. it into my veins. <laughs> just inject it directly. <laughs> All right, well, on that, we have a couple doses of Star Wars heroin that are coming your way later oh. this year. Before we take our break here, Brad, do you have one that you're particularly most excited for? Are you all about Force Collector? Do you want some Resistance Reborn? Uh, are you yeah. want that uh, that Knights of Ren comic? Like, what what are you kind of just waiting for the release? Resistance day? Reborn. The Sarah Haas, who's yeah, a, a good friend of, of the show and slash frequent co-host, uh, she... Mm-hmm brought to my attention today there's there's no advanced reader copies going out for resistance reborn which i was like that's interesting Mm -hmm. hmm okay and to me that just indicates this book's going to melt our faces off because there's going to be some really good rise of skywalker connections and there's going to be a lot with ray i'm assuming i think she's on the cover of the book um yep yeah i mean all the main the main folks are and and i'm it's the first time that's been done by the way yeah Ray being on the cover or no, no advanced we've not copies? we've not seen. Well, they do that occasionally. They, they did that with Thrawn too. Yeah, like, Thrawn. I'll say Thrawn Treason didn't have because we because for us getting the books early, we got Thrawn Treason like like three five days, days before like release. something like super was, short, like way too short to do a real review on. But yeah, like, I mean, they've never done any 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 main character mainline stuff. Like, yeah, that hasn't been done yet. And I think the fact that all of us are begging for it so hardcore makes the possibility of them doing more stuff related to the main, main, main folks like real, like after, after yeah. episode nine, and I, I hope yeah. so. I wonder if even project yeah. luminous, like what if that has to do with that's the sequel trilogy question. characters, because maybe that's why they've had to keep their lips shut on it. Yes. So yes. So, okay. Really quick for uh, we have I don't know we've ever talked about Project Luminous on the show, guys. But like, not at length. Really quick. Here's a quick thirty second recap. Like for anybody that's not heard of Project Luminous or has heard us talk about it, not knowing what it is, there's some big secret project that they announced at Celebration. Uh, Disney, Lucasfilm, Press, and Del Rey announced like they're doing something like with a whole bunch of really big sort of like superstars as we like to say in the show authors claudia gray is on it kevin scott's on it uh, Ale- uh charles soul is on it right uh, uh mm-hmm. daniel jose older i think is on it yes um uh 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 uh, uh, uh justina um, ireland yeah ireland ireland is on it yeah there's a bunch of really big names working on it and it's it's been like six months and we still don't know diddly squat about quote-unquote project luminous like yeah and when we had kevin scott on the show we asked him about it and he actually revealed absolutely nothing (laughs) (laughs) yes shocker i mean he he like told us that like in the first sentence as soon as he got on the call he's like i I can't tell you anything about project luminous so it's some big secret like dang some big secret exactly oh we we knew that we didn't have anything prepared to ask him about it but like like there's some something big is going on and like 
I don't know if this is going to be a series of books, if it's going to be, I mean, we have comic artists involved, like it's nuts. So mm-hmm. we have no idea what it is. It's some big marketing thing that's going to happen probably around the Rise of Skywalker. Like, I just don't know. I can't believe that they announced the name of the project and then haven't said literally anything. But they flew yeah. all the authors. Kevin Scott said they flew all the authors out to Skywalker Ranch, put them in a room together, and had them work oh on stuff, God. which is yeah, like be never been done. That room so badly. I yes, know, really. Imagine never been I done. want the video of that. Like, make that a reality series on Disney Plus. Like, give me the give me <laughs> right. the Disney author retreats. Yeah. Yeah, I also got to give an yeah. honorable mention guys, to to the Rise of Skywalker novelization. That's um, also on the docket for me. Pretty, pretty. By you know, whoever exciting. is writing it, like that, yeah. we still don't have an yeah. author, which right. is insane. Yeah, we do. We just don't know what it is yet. I'm sure that that like. Oh, I mean, yeah. Do you think it's sorry? Yeah, sorry. That's what I meant too. You, I, what I meant to say. Do Do you think that we're gonna get like somebody we already know as an author? I mean, do you think it's gonna be? Because I don't know. Yeah. No idea. Jason no idea. Fly, honestly, maybe? like they're. I mean, Rebecca Rowanhorse is doing Resistance Reborn, and I just finished her Trail of Lightning. Um, I read her book, which got I think I won a Hugo for best sci-fi, and I, I liked it quite a bit. It wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but I thought like her writing style is really good, and they're really branching out with a lot of different kinds of authors and a lot of different mm. people. So I mean, I can't, anything they're gonna do can't I, I can't be surprised anymore because they're doing everything. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the fact that they gave they gave main trilogy characters to an author that's never written a star wars book before says a lot like yep. i think this says quality right straight up i know quality. i think they're going straight for quality and i think i think that we would like to see some some more mainline stuff but yeah i couldn't agree more well guys before we hear about project luminous we are going to probably read skywalker saga force collector reasons reborn play Jedi Fallen Order, and watch The Mandalorian. So life Jesus is freaking Christ. great, everybody. Hell yeah, dude. Good thing, November will literally kill <laughs> good us. Good thing winter's here. I don't have to leave the house anymore. We're fine. Right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and on that note of extreme just bounty coming our way, we're going to take a quick break. And then, guys, I made up a really dumb game, and we're going to play Uh-oh. it. <laughs> we'll be back in a little bit. How many times has this happened to you? I just finished reading Luke Skywalker in the Shadows of Mindor, but what should I read next? Worry not, Star Wars fans, because Utini is here to save the day. What's a Utini? Utini.com is the place to go before you pick up that next Star Wars EU novel. From A-Wings to Zori Bliss, let the team at Utini be your guide to all things EU. Legends to canon, Utini has you covered. Hey there, Padawan. You look like you're a Yoda fan. I sure am. He's the coolest. Then use Utini's super search engine to discover novels and comics that feature our short green friend. So visit Utini.com today because now there's a better way to discover the Star Wars Expanded Universe. And coming soon, the Utini Bookshelf 3.0. 3.0 is the way to go. And we are back. We have wrapped up that break we have double wrapped up that break (laughs) and we are here for some more fun on living force podcast all right you dickhead you're gonna have to start that over again (laughs) no i don't no No, this is exactly what if we have this as a live show in the future that's what you will get you will get inside jokes like that if you stick around during the break (laughs) all right but we are back everybody for our last little bit of this show, Living Forest with Friends of the Forest podcast host Brad Whipple 
And guys, I had a thought this week. I thought, you know what? And I answered, what, self? Because this happened within my own mind. I figured Brad hosts a show called Friends of the Forest. So he knows a lot about friendship. I have a bad feeling And we about this. do book roundtables. <laughs> so where do I, Brad, where so we, do I. We, we, <laughs> we rate books between 1 and 10. We like rating things. So, guys, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to go around the horn, and we are going to rate Star Wars friendships on a 1 to 10 scale. Oh, I thought we were going to rate each other as friends, and I was very worried that this was going to be the I end of the Eric podcast. I thought Eric was going to ask us to like rate and review our family and friends. Like, Guys, how much do you like me? Check yes or no. Um, no, so I, I, have a, I have a bunch of, of uh, pairs here that I've come up with. As I'm, I'm feeling really dejected here. I'm not feeling no the positivity for me, of the fandom. <laughs> yeah, so when I said earlier my podcast is about bringing guys. everybody together, it's everybody but you. <laughs> Everyone oh, except Eric. So much sense. Eric, Even we love you. We twice. love you. Let's play your game. Let's play your game. Okay, guys, we're going to see how this goes. I didn't, I didn't even talk about the clip this week. Thank God. Uh, so I'm going to go through each of these pairs. Rate them 1 to 10. Again, once we set our boundaries, if you give someone a 6 out of 10 and the next person is more, you got to go higher. So be careful with those numbers. Don't go too far too fast, okay? Wait, what? what? And what? if someone gets something... Ray is incensed Ray is by this game. Loudest... <laughs> oh, fine, she hates she that. She is the loudest dog ever. I'm so Wait, sorry. Wait, re-explain that we can't go higher or we so can't I'm go saying, lower? So I'm saying don't give someone like a 10 out of 10 too quick because we don't want to like give all these friendships big numbers. You know what I mean? So you're only allotted okay. like Just certain play a ratings? Close to the chest. Like once? I mean, I'm not going to make a hard hard number on it, but just be aware, you know, that, like, not everyone can be a 10. I don't right, understand so let's just, let's be a these rules. Are you essentially saying us you just don't want us to give too many people 10s? Yes, that's all I'm yeah. saying. Okay, okay. okay. I, I thought I missed a really crucial rule. No, no, very easy. So, here, Corey, we'll start with you. You can start us off, set our bar, <laughs> 1 to 10 <laughs> friendship. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Oh. Their friendship. Oh, I see how it. this game's going to go. Um... Man, honestly, they had a lot of rough patches in Master and Apprentice. Maybe like seven. I would have gone maybe a six, even. Yeah, yeah like I would seven. go lower. It's actually, really. pretty decent. I mean, but you purely to, because you, you call to... it a friendship, like their relationship is one thing as a Master and an Apprentice, but as a friendship, yeah, I'm gonna say six. Okay, I would, I would, good. I would probably go more towards six. All right, so six, six point five. We'll take that, Charles. Mace and Yoda. Those the homies, man. They're a they're a ten. They're oh, hanging yeah. out. Okay. They're hanging out outside of the council. We don't even know what they were up to. They were they were. I don't tight, know. Man. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take that tin and wad it up into a little ball and put it in the trash where it belongs <laughs> because Shots because listen, <laughs> listen in Master and Apprentice specifically, Yoda and in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, Yoda and Mace are vehemently disagree about a great deal of things. Okay. We vehemently disagree about a great deal of things, and I would still give us a very high number on our friendship, Corey. So I'm going to take that in your, trash your friendship can. and wad it up in a little ball and put it in the <laughs> trash. <laughs> Marvelous. This is like the opposite of Friends of the Force. This That's is right. Adversaries. Welcome to the Thunderdome, Whipple. I need to make – guys, I actually, speaking of like opposite of Friends of the Force, what would you think of a of – an? Uh, x-rated friends of the forest called adversaries of the forest and it's just 
on oh. every night, and it's completely just, ex, Ooh, you know, yep. just talking trash, swearing, you know. That's no basically rules. the behind the scenes <laughs> of the Utini. The, uh, that's our Utini Slack team. All right, let's yeah. Just... Oh, and it's also just only a roast of Eric the whole time. Uh, <laughs> brilliant! I love that idea. Brad, you're next. Yeah, uh, I knew it was coming. I'm gonna give, you, but I'm gonna give you a softball right. because you're the guest. Obi Wan and Anakin. Oh, uh. don't forget to take into account that Obi Wan cut off all of his limbs. That's what I was just thinking. That's true. But also, don't forget to take into account that he says, "You are my brother, oh, Anakin. Yeah. I loved you." Wait, I thought there wasn't any love in Star Wars. I thought that wasn't a thing. Um, <laughs> Oi, and certain Twitter. Oh, there, oh, there's love. Oh, yeah. Um. I would say I would have to give it I would give it like an eight and a half because there's obviously a lot okay, of is, is the half for for half of Anakin. Yeah, that's where I was going to go. Around <laughs> um, and the fact uh. that, you know, Anakin's pretty jealous of Obi-Wan a lot or he thinks Obi-Wan's jealous of him, that sort of thing. So they're they're brothers. OK, I but, like that. Know, I like that. I wouldn't I wouldn't rate my family members a 10 out of 10 just because they're, you know, brother, sister, yada, yada, yada. But um, yeah, there are no Mason Yoda, yeah. as it were. Yeah. <laughs> all right all right uh cory padme and anakin padme and anakin pad listen my wife is a therapist and padme and anakin have a trash relationship all right absolutely <laughs> oh, no! absolutely trash they just break all the rules oh, of having no! a healthy relationship all right i'm giving them like a four all right they're like oh Wow! Yes, they they just like he like kind of he like kind of murdered her a little bit. No, yeah, so. he totally did. Like, and just they have no trust in their relationship. They have no honesty. They have no communication whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like Anakin is a jealous sob look at, man. Look at that episode of the Clone Wars with Clovis. Yes, that was so that, frustrating. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. fair. It was so that's frustrating. Fair. He was a giant tool in that entire arc. All right, so four that was hard rough. four. I agree. All right, uh, Charles. Darth Maul and his bottom half. <laughs> How attached are they? Are we talking about? Are we talking about his original half, his spider half? Yeah, which or half? His biological half. His, his crappy half robot half, or the really fancy say, one that the Mandalorians gave him? Which one are we talking yeah. about here? Zero, zero out of ten because All he right. left that behind and replaced it with literal trash. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Eric, right. I want to I want to one up you there. I agree. Uh, here's one for you. Yes, sir. Um, Darth Maul's All Darth right. Maul's top half and Snoke's bottom half. <laughs> oh. Ooh, I'm gonna give that like like a five because it's a little spicy. Maybe because it's half. Because like it, you get like the dark. Because also in my mind, I'm imagining Darth Maul's like black cloak and then Snoke's like <laughs> glittery dress. So like, <laughs> it's a weird outfit as well. It doesn't. It kind of clashes like. His red tattoos with the gold yeah. are kind of weird. But I like I it. I ship it. Uh, so, Brad, back over to you now. Obi-Wan and Cody. Oh. I feel like we're approaching Mason Yoda territory again at this point. Mm-hmm. That's Yeah, I would have to give it. Keep bear in mind, he did give the order to literally shoot him. <sighs> That's not his fault, yeah. though. Friends don't I, shoot each other. I'm not saying it is generally that's the that's the number one rule you're right i would i would still i would probably give it like a nine it's not a perfect relationship mm-hmm. but like the homie is there for I you agree. he's 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 got your back except when he doesn't absolutely and he shoots you that was like I, i've talked about this before that's one of my favorite scenes in revenge of the sith novelization is yeah. because you get inside cody's head a little bit and he's like like he has no remorse whatsoever he's just like he's just like 
man, I always liked Obi-Wan, but it's a shame I gave him his damn lightsaber back just before this. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's ruthless. Then he makes the order. Like, it's so ruthless. It's just like, damn, the clones are badasses, man. Chips ain't nothing to mess with, man. <clears throat> and speaking of that, Corey, go over to you. Anakin and Rex. Anakin and Rex have an excellent relationship. Like, to the point that Rex was even loyal to Anakin, like, like, bef- probably, well, I guess it's not fair to assume that, but I would say that Rex was probably loyal to Anakin even after Order 66. If he, you know, nobody knew that yeah. Vader and Anakin were the same person, but I would whatever. agree. They had a great relationship. And, like, it's even brought up in the, uh, the old Clone Wars movie, like, you guys know what I'm talking about for the TV show yeah, the movie yeah. that goes like the hour long movie or whatever. Like in Rex's uh, Rex's introduction to Ahsoka, he's like, experience matters more than anything to me. He says something like that. Um, and mm-hmm. that's because of Anakin. That's why like his free will that he's been able to experience as a clone is because of Anakin. They have a fabulous relationship. Yep. Fabulous. I give that a 10. I'm going to back you up on that. We should all be so lucky to have a friend like Rex. Yes. Uh, Charles. Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm. And you and you can pick your place in the timeline for this one. I'm going to say Anakin, not Vader. So purely Anakin, Ahsoka. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's tough, man. But I feel like this is another one of those relationships where I feel like I would have to classify it differently than a friendship, per se. Mm-hmm. Relationship so, in general, we could say. But, but he... But he when you see how crestfallen he is when she walks away from the order, I think yeah. there's your answer right there. Yeah. I mm-hmm. I couldn't give it any lower than I couldn't give it any lower than an eight. I think yeah. you could convince uh, me to go higher agreed. than that, yeah, but I'd that's where I'm at. I'd go nine or ten. And by the way, the riff yeah. Ahsoka Ahsoka leaves is the name of the song if you look it up like on Spotify. Yeah. The yeah. song that's associated with Ahsoka leaving in that entire arc is is man, it's a tearjerker, yeah. man. That's a tough one. Yeah. It's crazy though. Every time you bring up Anakin and anyone, I have to keep in mind that he tried to murder that person at least one time. <laughs> All right, it's one of the prequel trilogy. Yoda. Ooh. See, we don't see a lot of it on screen, but those guys are definitely. We don't see enough of it. Make Yettle happen. <laughs> are, they're definitely going out to the club, like on a, on a Tuesday night together. <laughs> yes. And it's like it's like imagine in it. like level it. it's like level twelve fifteen. Like they're down there, and they have like. <laughs> the disguises on like they're fully suited up like mustache glasses everything are, are they, they on each other's shoulders yeah yeah <laughs> like this is this money i'm like this i, I don't think this can be constrained thought. to a 10 a 1 to 10 rating it has to go higher like it's this is over yeah. at least like this is like i love you 3000 level oh, all right that's amazing the most epic epic relationship there could ever be for yoda and yaddle agreed we broke the scale already what All do you right. guys think of the name Jump of the club the high... is that they go to? Oh, that Yoda and Yaddle mm-hmm. go to? Um, I, I have a couple ideas, but I know Matt would have to bleep them all out. <laughs> um... <laughs> De- I, I think it's called Day Glow Bar. Day Glow Bar. It's like one of those glow like parties. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not so imp- I'm like speechless right now, Charles. That was like <laughs> profound. <laughs> Damn. Maybe that can be the name of our Utini party at Celebration. It's about to get wild. Day Global. That is oh my genius. God. Write it down. Literally, Corey, can you write that down physically? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to jump now into the OT, get a couple couple more close friends here, because a lot of us witnessed the OT first. Those guys might have a place a little closer to the heart. Let's see if the ratings kind of prove that. Corey, 
R2 and 3PO. 1 to 10. They have a what great, do you think? They have a pretty great relationship, too. Because it's distant. They're like an old married couple, right? Yeah. I would. Like, I, I you know, really I'm, I, this is the OT stuff for me is going to be like, this is this is why we have to have to have the rule in this game. Like, you can't just give everybody a 10 out of 10 because the relationships are really well developed in the original trilogy. Whereas in like prequel and trilogy, prequel and sequel, I would argue that there's a little more complexity to the relationships, right? That's just, yep, they use stronger sure. storytelling devices. Um, but I don't know, C3 even R2, eight, nine, maybe? Pretty good. I don't know. They did abandon each other and Tatooine like immediately. So, true. <laughs> yeah. Seven. Okay, I, I'd say I'd say an eight because I think that three that there's there's definitely some stuff where they could be better. Like R two is a bit chatty and uh, and catty to him. Three PO is kind of an asshole now and then. So yeah, I think they have some room to grow. Yeah. Um, but again, it all leads to like when R two comes back at the end of Force Awakens. Like, oh yeah. God, guys, I love that moment so much. Tearjerker. Uh, Charles, uh, this is episode four era, right? Obi Wan and Luke. So old Ben and Luke. Which you know, is tough. I know, I know. <sighs> Golly, right, you know what? I'm gonna say an eight because Obi Wan literally came back from the dead to keep talking to his buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> I hey mean, man, that's, you that's up? pretty next level. Yeah, and to mess with his head and be like, yeah, well, I didn't lie to you because you know. I just didn't tell you the whole truth, am I right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Brad, Brad needed a title for his podcast series, so I had to come back. <laughs> exactly. 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 All right. Uh, Brad, over to yeah. you, man. Luke and Han. Oh, this is a tumultuous one. Yes. Especially since there's literally like a 30-year gap where we don't quite know, like, what was Uncle Luke like, you know? And, like. How did that all work out? Uh, I would say this one's probably like a six. This starts, it might improve over time, but it definitely like starts out in like six, like five to six territory. I think mm-hmm. just because of, Can, is it, is it possible for Han to have something greater than five or a six with anyone but Chewie? Oh yes, I think so. I think that and maybe young Leia? Han, I think Han and Kira had, I didn't put those on, on here. Um, I think Han and Kira had a higher one, and then he went through a period where he couldn't go beyond a five or six. And then I think post Return of the Jet or post Empire, honestly. Right. That's what we're talking he, about. We're talking about OT back. and later, though. So that's true. That's true. So I don't OT, know. Han he's, and Luke, I think... he's pretty jaded, man. I don't know. In the books, he was like that too. Like in the old legend stuff. Like I'm not sure how yeah, much yeah, that yeah. you guys have read, but like he was pretty like, yeah, Luke is whatever. Like you know how Leia said that Han was Han about it. Like I could see. Han saying something like Luke was Luke about it. Like, yeah, Luke's out there yeah. doing his mythical crap, like, whatever. Yeah. Mumbo Jumbo. Which yeah. which is why when in Force Awakens, when he says it's true, all of it, That's is, why. it yeah. hits so hard. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. He never, probably never told Luke that. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, guys, I just got sad again. <laughs> okay, moving on from that heartbreak. Uh, Corey, here's the biggest softball of the day. Han and Chewie? Oh, 10 out of 10. Stop, All right, moving on. Stop, giving, stop giving me 10 out of 10s. <laughs> they had a shower uh, scene Charles. together. Come on. It cannot yeah. not be a 10. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone that doesn't see, like, I mean. 50 Shades of, 50 shades yeah, of yeah. Chewy. Arguably, yeah, not, arguably yeah. the strongest relationship in all of Star Wars. Arguably. Yeah. I'm, I want to say yes, but I, I, I'm trying to make sure that there's nothing I, I think that could rival that. I think the only thing that might be able to rival that is... Ray is and how Obi Wan, no, Ray is, is how Obi Wan feels about Anakin. Honestly, uh, I think that 
I don't know. Which Han never chopped off Chewie's arm, so right, right. But but I think that that doesn't that doesn't negate. But it, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't I, mutual between Obi Wan and Anakin, though. Right, and I guess the thing was. For, I don't know. I think you're right, though. Han and Chewie are kind of the gold standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles, Luke, and Leia. How's how's and I'll and I will keep this for clarity's sake. Uh, Return of the Jedi. So, like they know their siblings. Yeah. What's their, what was their bond for this? No, not the romantic stuff that is still weirdly right. in the first two movies. Right. Right. Um, so I think they are closer than you might think because I mean, look, they communicate in the last Jedi, right? Like telepathically or whatever that word would be. Um, and I know that's in the later trilogy, but I will say that they're like a seven. I don't think of them as like fantastically close. Okay. That's totally fair. All right, Brad. I want one for mm. you. This is going to be kind of a tumultuous one, I think. Han and Leia. OT specifically. I know it changes. OT. OT, Han, oh. and Leia. I mean, like, on the surface, it's like a, it's like a five. But like, deep beneath. But <laughs> deep beneath the deep surface. Beneath. It's a nine. Yep. I really like their love story, honestly. Mm. Like, I think, I think they get a lot of crap nowadays, weirdly, from some people. Um, but I love their love story. I also don't love Han and Kira. Like, I really, they're, yeah. Some my, Kira might be my favorite, like, romantic lead in Star Wars, which is mm-hmm. maybe really controversial. Mm-hmm. But I think Han just, I like it. I mean, yeah. it makes, I think it makes sense from a, from a, in a weird way. Cause like, I don't know. Han has such a strange relationship with others. Like there was that time in Solo. And I'm really glad they captured that really well, where he was just really naive and, and, like seeking some kind of relationship with anybody, yeah. and he, even when when he came back and Kira was like, "Yeah, there's a lot about you, a lot about me that you don't know," and he's like, "Yo, no, no, we're still together," you know, <laughs> right. like there's, yeah, it's I like that they did that with him because Han is the way that he is for a reason. Yeah. And Solo did a good job with yeah. that. Makes Solo two happen. Let us never forget. <laughs> All right, last one for the OT, Corey. I'm skipping a couple. Uh, Boba Fett in the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> ten, 10, out 10. 10. 10 out of 10 they cannot live without each other quite yeah. literally yeah have you guys seen the robot chicken skit where the uh God, where the what's the guy we max max rebo i think is his yeah. name the blue, the blue guy blue yeah. Elephant, yeah the blue elephant the blue elephant guy yep. from the cantina van okay where he like comes to the edge of the sarlacc pit and the guy is down in there and he's like hey man throw me a rope or something you gotta help me get out of here and he's like no no man i got a gig i got a gig, I got a gig. it's just like it's such an excellent clip from robot chicken one of the best ones i think in my opinion oh. And every time I see the scene with when Boba Fett flies into the Sarlacc pit, I always think of the I got a gig skit. They did a great job. Robot right? Chicken is so good. If you, if you guys it listening is. haven't watched, or guys and gals haven't watched these episodes of Robot Chicken, you need to as a Star Wars fan. It's so I think good. my favorite one, if I'm remembering it right, is when Yariel Poof goes to get pizza whenever the temple, like everyone gets killed in the temple. It's something along those lines. And he comes back with the pizza and everyone yes. is gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fantastic. I, I, I personally really... like the Emperor going up the escalator and they're like, Emperor? And he's like, Stormtrooper? Yes. Stormtrooper? <laughs> It's 9921, eat my ass! (laughs) 
This is a plug for the Robot Chicken Star Wars episodes if you haven't seen them. Oh, Living Force, sponsored by Cartoon Network. I'm just kidding. Oh my god, if only. Alright, last couple things and then we're going to get out of here with our with our Friends of the Force collaboration episode. In case you have skipped to this point for some odd reason, we're here with Brad Whipple. We're going to get the last few sequel trilogy friendships because I do think that some of the oh. best relationships we've gotten recently happened within the sequel trilogy. So let's bang these out. I'm ready to ship. Charles, Poe and BB-8. Strong. Mm, yeah. I mean, I'm going to go 9 out of 10 just because they're not on Maceota level, All but right. they're close. I love it. All right. Uh, Brad, Finn and Poe. No. I'm giving you one of these ships, brother. Romance. Okay. The bromance I'm just going like, to preface bromances. this up front. The sequel trilogy is my favorite. Great. I pretty much would give every friendship in this trilogy on the at least the resistance side a 10 out of 10 right all right i the the character like especially poe and finn yeah oh my god the chemistry between them two like that that lip bite that poe does in it's... the force awakens like <laughs> that's, that's my jacket no it looks good on you i'm like yeah it does you don't do a lip bite with anybody it Except takes a certain brad and eric are the same person. yeah <laughs> In every way. And I just watched, somebody posted on Twitter today, the deleted scene from The Last Jedi, where, like, Finn and Poe are in the hallway talking to each other, and there's, like, people walking in between them and stuff. And I'm like, that's literally the the Han and Leia scene from The Empire Strikes Back. I'm like, they're literally shipping it wow, in the deleted yeah. scenes. So, that's my two cents. They're, they're good. I love All them. about it. Corey, Finn and Rey. Finn and Rey? They have a strange relationship. I, I find myself thinking about their relationship every time I watch Last Jedi now because they barely knew each other in Force Awakens. And Force Awakens, like watching it, I think about it too in watching Force Awakens. And I think about it more during the scene in Maz's castle, I think, than anything else because they clearly like express that they care for each other in that scene. But the nature of their relationship is very confusing. Yeah, because he, he literally like, says, like, come with me. Like, let's go to the Outer Rim together and just right. leave everything. Right. There are, which is, this is one of the reasons that I think I have trouble really just choosing some, uh, people talk about shipping mm-hmm. a lot. I don't know why that word in particular it's is huge. chosen between, in, in Star Wars Twitter. It's a big word that everyone uses. Like, that's one reason I'm not like, I haven't picked a relationship mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is the one that I right. want because there are, there are elements of rom- romantic relationship, mm-hmm. I think, between them, but also elements of not that. And I'm very confused about the nature of the relationship between all of the main sequel trilogy characters of Ray and Finn and Poe and Rose now, for that matter. We'll find like, out in three months. I don't know. Yeah, find out in months. I don't know. Uh, I don't think I can give them a number. I abstain. Wow, okay. Answer. I mean, I'm going to give them probably an eight or a nine. Again, but that is that is pending depending on uh, Rise of Skywalker. Charles, we're going to skip a couple. I'm going to give you... What do I want from you? Oh, Poe and Leia. Poe and Leia for Charles. Mm. Leia is like a surrogate mother and general Mm. to him. It's like such a multi-layered relationship that's so difficult to put a number on as well. I was not expecting this game to turn into this, man. Um I take these, like, I, it's fun. It's like it, it starts out as like a fun thing, but then it really does make you think. Like these characters that we know pretty well, you know, we've all we watched these things, but what do their relationships actually mean? Because you're right, Poe sees Leia as a surrogate mother figure. He sees her as a general, as a person that is guiding yeah. him, a mentor. Like, yeah, yeah, slap your demotion. So great. Have you guys all, all heard about <laughs> the behind the scenes about that scene? 
So uh, uh, no. I think it's from the director of the Jedi. They talk about it that uh, the uh, it was Oscar Isaac's first day on the Last Jedi. He got slapped by Carrie Fisher like twenty five times. Like they just did that take. Oh yeah, so yeah. Much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've I've, heard, I've yeah. heard that. I have heard that. Anyway, Charles. Yeah, but I think what makes it what makes it uh, a true friendship and not just like a general mother figure type thing is what happens at the end of the Last Jedi when. Leia's like, what are y'all looking at me for? Like, you know, Poe, lead us out of here, yeah. essentially, when they're going through the caves. Um, so I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it an eight. I think it's a very strong friendship. Love that. And yeah, I know totally. She has seen him it, it's very parental. It's like I have seen you kind of rise to this level of maturity and authority that I maybe never saw in my own son. So she kinda gets to see Poe assume that role. I think that's really beautiful. All right, we're gonna bring us home with this last round. Brad? I don't know. I'm going to give you a is. tough one, buddy. Finn and Rose. Oh. Ooh. Okay, I thought you were totally going to go Ray and mm, Kylo. Nope. Um, Finn and Rose. That's, I mean, I have to say, like, that's one of the most fun friendships that come out of the sequel trilogy. Absolutely. Just because of, like, how they how they meet and, like, mm-hmm. what they go through together. Yeah. How'd you and I don't. Me? Yeah, I don't think, like, her kissing him at all was, like, rushed or anything, like... I mean, I they're in times of war, you know, like you yeah. grow really close to people when you're sharing, you know, similar trauma and, mm-hmm. and, um, and you like, don't know if you're going to live past tomorrow. And that's even kind of yeah. what we see in like alphabet squadron a little bit with a lot of those relationships, but I would rate them. I don't know. That, that one's pretty high for me. I would say I would probably give it like a, I would give it like an eight. Yeah. I would I say, eight or nine. Um, I mean, he literally yeah. pulls her like on a little, like sled across crate as lasers are flying everywhere yeah. to like keep her yeah. safe. So I think that they, yeah. The only reason I'm they have a dock at points is because she probably is so annoyed at how dumb he is sometimes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just dummy. stop yeah. being an idiot. <laughs> yes. Like we're fighting there. what we, we hate. We need to save what we love. Come on. <laughs> That's simple. All right. Last three, Corey, yeah. Ray and Luke, man, just, I have, I have trouble like putting like an objective number it's on weird. these relationships for the sequel trilogy because like they're just so complex and we just don't know yet because we haven't seen the last yeah. one like we don't know the beginning to end so it's hard to it's hard to say um, you guys haven't seen the last one <laughs> <laughs> <We're> not... <laughs> oh my god the biggest scoop of the night friends of the force has the DVD <laughs> it's on my I've been watching it this whole time Remember earlier when we were talking about our hypothetical, how much would you pay to have (laughs) an exclusive? Yeah, okay. Brad paid that. I don't know. Uh, Who do I have? You said Ray and Luke? Yeah. Uh, Five. All right. Five, yeah. I like that. They they have a complicated relationship. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. that Ray doesn't actually like Luke that much. Yeah, I agree. I think that he was like this hero worship thing, and then he didn't quite live up to it. Until, I mean... Then she kicked his ass and then left. Which is great. <laughs> it's awesome. It is iconic. <laughs> All right. Charles, Leia, and Holdo. Mm. Um, Have you read Leia, Princess yeah. of Alderaan? Okay. See, I was going to say, I haven't read that mm. book, so for me, that's really difficult. Um, it's excellent. I see them... Yeah, I mean, I've heard this. There's just so much coming out right yeah, now. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, no so excuse, you're fired. <laughs> I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him a six, but you can tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, a I six? probably had about an eight from the yeah. movies. About an eight. From the movies, I'd give it a six. The book okay. maybe more than that. Yeah, they have a weird relationship in the book because they're so young. But 
they're formative, you know? It's like that, like formative friendships. Yes. Yeah. All right, last one to our guest, Mr. Brad Whipple, our last Friends of the Force Living Force podcast collaboration rating, Ray and Kylo. Oh, my God. You did it. I did it. Um, <laughs> I have pulled oh, the ship. Uh, please, yeah. please, Brad, tell us all of thine controversial opinions. <laughs> I thought it was going to be Saw and Borgullet. <laughs> no, come on. That's Where a 15 that? out of 10. <laughs> or Saw and the, and the word lies. Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> um, I okay. Clearly, there's no chemistry between Ray and Kylo at all. None. So that's the end. None. That's the end of the story. Yeah. Thank zero. you for the audio clip. We will play it to promo this episode. <laughs> yeah, right. You're gonna be like, "Friends of the Force is trash." Look at what he says about Ray and Kylo, and then just play that over and over. Oh my god. Um, that's the clickbait. Title <laughs> yeah, I'm probably gonna get attacked by somebody. Um, so I would. Yeah, I I give this a ten. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, this what this is like at the heart of the sequel trilogy. This is the story. This these two characters, mm-hmm. and it is like the one of the. I think it is the most complex relationship I've ever seen in Star Wars, mm-hmm. which is why yeah, I think yeah, I love totally. this trilogy so much because it's yes. it's challenging what we think of our characters rather than just being like this is romance. That's it. It's like it's all yeah. there. They're, they're not outright loving each other yet. I mean, they yes. kind of are, though, still. Like, yeah. you know, they have the hand touch. They have the Force Skype. You know, she breaks up with him at the end of Last Jedi, which now I look at that as a breakup. She's like, you're sli- yes. you're sleeping in the doghouse tonight, closes the Falcon door. Yeah. And he's just and, there. And, he's, and, like, and with his dice. A... And that even leaves him. And, and it's fascinating because I, I – so I – when I got out of Last Jedi, I got so – not angry, but, like, I guess annoyed with people that are like, oh, they're so in love because I didn't see it. I'm like, oh, he has been abusing her and there's like a trauma victim thing. Same. I did too. I did too. I've listened to so many podcasts and read so many things realizing, no, like they're at war with each other. They're literally on opposite sides of a giant conflict and they're figuring out who they are and they're learning and evolving. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever happens in The Rise of Skywalker, I think that they have set up these characters who Mm -hmm. are so complex and so much more than that that I am – I mean I'm ready – I mean, I, I, there's nothing that can happen, I think, in Rise of Skywalker that'll make me be like, nope, done, stupid, my thing was better, because I think they have set up such complex characters, they will earn whatever yeah. conclusion they're writing. And the interesting thing, too, is, yeah. like, they release things for a reason. Like, why do you think Into the New Disney Era, Lost Stars, one of the first books to come out? Yeah. They were Great setting point. up Question. Rey and Kylo as, like, a romantic couple from the was... beginning. No, yeah, new, yeah, new Dawn. Um, one, I think. Yeah, well, one of the first couple books, the like they're setting yeah, up yeah, romance, yeah, like one. in the Star Wars universe, right yeah. away, because they're like, "Listen, you're going to get this in the movies." We didn't know it at the time, possibly, yeah. but like now, looking back, it makes sense why yep. they set that up the way they did. Yeah. yeah, so I've I've like just started to get into like in the last month, just started to look a little deeper into the whole Relo thing, and like it's so fascinating to me. Like, this is what I'm talking about when I say that I love trying to see what other people are getting out of star Wars that I'm not getting out of it because it's so fascinating looking like trying to find evidence of a quote unquote romantic relationship between Ray and Kylo. It's very fascinating to try to find those details in the films as you watch them. And like, so Brad, are you personally sort of a Raylo shipper? Do you want to see them end up romantically together? So yes. Um, I don't know like what capacity they'll, they'll actually end up being in. I don't know if he'll, he'll die or not, or if they'll kind of have the happy ending, Mm -hmm. but I, I'm, Mm -hmm. I definitely think it's, it's there. They're in such like unique circumstances because they both basically come from nothing 
I mean, like, Kylo has obviously, like, Han and Leia, but they weren't there for him in the way that he needed. So he basically right. doesn't have parents, and he's dealing with right. his identity. And then you have Rey also dealing with her identity and having no parents. Yeah. So, like, you have mm. these two people on opposite sides of the war, and that's what brings them closer together. And even, like, Ryan Johnson, I've, I keep seeing this flip, uh, clip floating around, but he says they're basically two halves of the same protagonist, you know? Yeah. So... Um, right. If you look a lot into like reverse Anadala, also like what the force, that's a really great um, exploration of that. Even just like other podcasts, like Sky Talkers and, and yeah. Scavengers Horde and doing talking. Sky Talkers if, is what I've listened to the most yeah. though, about this. Yeah. So those yeah, are I've listened to a lot of Sky Talkers. Those are all great, um, and it's totally cool. You know, if you're out there listening, you don't ship Raylo, that's totally fine. Again, it's just all about respect, and um, if you don't agree with it, that's cool. Just be nice about it. But um, I would, I would yeah. say, yeah, I'm definitely into that into that camp yeah i i would encourage anyone that that is like no i don't want to see i don't want to see Raylo and kylo end up together i'm fine with that i'm totally okay with you saying that you don't want to see yes because like listen i mean i don't think i mean if ray and kylo do end up having some sort of romantic relationship i think it's not going to be very obvious like superficial love the way that a lot of romance is classically depicted in film i think it's going to be a complex you have to think about it kind of thing Mm -hmm. like Kind of like the Finn Rose complex relationship, right? Yeah. Like the, 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 what what my advice is, like regardless of if you want that or not, what I'm trying to say is like try to to appreciate the value of looking for something in the deeper details of these films yeah. because like even if you don't want them to end up in a romantic <gasps> relationship, it's really fun to try to identify the stuff that the people that really do want that are yeah. talking yeah. about, like. The, the way that, that – and I recently heard this on Sky Talkers. They were talking about some of these big, huge details, which everyone knows about if they're in the Raylo community, but I don't know shit about that. So, right. like, you know, it's uh, – I'm like, oh, wow, that's really deep. And even though it's, like, super low-level Raylo mm-hmm. stuff, like Ray and Kylo looking into each other's eyes in the in the, uh, in the the elevator in Last Jedi, I'm like, whoa, that's yeah. really interesting. Like, it's super fun to – in a fun intellectual experiment to even think about those things, even if that's not something you truly want out of the exactly, film. Exactly, yeah. And speaking as like, as and as we're wrapping up a podcast that is admittedly about four dudes talking about Star Wars, like I think we're all basically saying the same thing. Listen to women and what they mm-hmm, think yeah. because I think a lot of us don't do that as often as we should. And there's so many totally. amazing points of view that a lot of women in this community yeah. have that I've never thought about and that I put so much work and research into that are so well formed. And I think that once we all get to see Rise of Skywalker. So many things that they say are are going to come to fruition or make sense, and then I can't wait to hear all their episodes about it afterwards. Yeah, and it's super, and fun. it's yeah. fun. Like, it's just it's, it's, fun. it's just super fun. Like take all the agenda uh-huh. politics crap out of it, and, and it's super fun. fun. Like to yes, yeah. it's 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 great. Star Wars is for everybody. You got to listen to everybody's voice and everybody's opinion, except the you know the haters. But that's that's but that. It is. Give everybody a chance. Totally. All right. Well. I mean, I think that's a great kind of message to go out on. We are we are right. in the midst of one of our longer episodes, which is so worth it because, Brad, dude, this was a blast having you on this show. Like, yeah, I knew you. you were going to be a great time. I knew you were going to fit right in, and we had an absolute blast with you. I want to give you a second now. Take the floor. Where can people find you on all the social mm-hmm. medias? Where can they find the podcast? What do you got coming up? Like, yep. the floor is yours, my friend. So you can find the podcast at Friends of Force on Twitter and Friends of the Force on Instagram and me at Brad Whipple. Um, I usually just tweet about mom spaghetti and college football uh, on my personal <laughs> profile. And the podcast is on Google, Spotify, Apple, 
So go check them out there. I do have an anchor page also. So anywhere you find it, you'll find all the episodes. And um, we have a website that you can go off of on the uh, on the Twitter page. So check out the website. It's pretty cool. It has a list of all of our guests that we've had on. Speaking of guests coming up, so tomorrow on the main show, I guess Monday, whenever this episode yeah, goes so this up. Yeah, this is going to come Monday, out on Thursday. So this is in your feed okay. right now. Gotcha. Yeah. So this is in your feed right now. Monday, Monday's episode was with Blue Band, the Milk Company, Matt and Sean. I talked to them about the Jedi and the Sith. And Thursday, the day that this Living Force episode comes out, um, you can go over and listen to my interview with Zoraida Cordova, who is the author of Crash of Fate. So Amazing. she was on the episode. Awesome. Yeah. So go check her out. And uh, if you haven't read that book also, that's a, it's a big one. It's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, we just did our review on on that one. The breakdown. yeah, our big roundtable. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so we're gonna we're gonna steal Brad's plug as well and go listen to our Crush Fate roundtable. If you didn't check that one out, yes, yeah. and then go listen to. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Sorry. Yeah, Brad. but then no, listen okay. to that interview. You're good. Listen to both of them. Listen to the listen to the Living Force and then the interview, and you'll get like at the same time, yeah, like put one in one ear and one in the other. And try not to have a... Yeah. Actually, if you play one backwards and the other forwards at the same time, it just says Raylo for like 45 Just minutes. over and over it again. It took us a long time to over figure out how to do that. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> yes. Well, hey, and if you have any friendships or relationships with Star Wars that you specifically love, we'd love you. Like, tweet at us at Living Force Pod and at Friends of Force. Tell us some of your favorite relationships in Star Wars. Obviously, we didn't touch on a lot of book people like Thane and Sienna and all those other people. So we'd love to hear who is really giving you a 10 out of 10. Who is at your Mace and Yoda level? My friends, that is going to do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you are new, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every single week to hear us at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Please leave us a review on iTunes to help people find us and head over to utini.com for reviews, articles, and comprehensive book profiles on every single story in the Star Wars galaxy. If you're looking to buy some books and want to help support the show... Look up your book on Utini, click the Amazon link on the profile, and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on around here. If you'd like to help us out more directly, you can find us on Patreon.com slash Utini, where you can join our amazing patrons, Dylan Sasser, Adam Dyson, Timothy Dunlap, Rural Farm Boy, Chris Richman, Adrian Carlson, Ross Greco, and Tara Tano. Woo, that list is getting big and I love it. If you want your thoughts on this show, email us at livingforcepod at utini.com, tweet at us at livingforcepod, or join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. You can find us individually on Twitter. I am at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Henkel. A special thank you, as always, to Matt Davenport, our editor. Freddie, our producer. Wes, our community manager. Thank you to Corey, Charles, and Brad for podcasting with me tonight. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the force be with you. (laughs) 